And so this message today is really personal to me. It matters a lot to me. It's deep in my heart. I almost brought a bucket of Kleenex up here with me. So forewarned is forearmed. Um, (laughs) It's Psalm 134 and it's really beautiful. It's a Psalm of Ascent. Psalms of Ascent were songs that the Hebrews sang as they, they marched up the mountain to Jerusalem for the three celebrations, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Passover, and the Feast of Pentecost. Um, Eugene Peterson said this, everyone is in a hurry. The persons whom I lead in worship, those I counsel, visit, pray, preach, and teach want shortcuts. They want me to help them fill out the form that will get them instant credit in eternity. They are impatient for results. They have adopted the lifestyle of a tourist and only want the high points. But a pastor is not a tour guide. I have no interest in telling apocryphal stories at at and around dubiously identified sacred sites. The Christian life cannot mature under such condition and in such ways. And then he goes on to quote Nietzsche, who said, the only way to truly become what you want to become is a long obedience in the same direction. We are moving towards something. This is not a tourist attraction, even though I did hear it's on Yelp's top attractions in Beaverton, which there, there we go. If you're visiting here and waiting for a waiter to come take your order, sorry. <laughs> Wrong list. Um, But that's not this. We're a community that's going somewhere. There is discipleship. Discipleship is, is learning about God. It's learning about who he is. It's learning his ways. It's learning to practice them. But this is a pilgrimage, moving toward God, moving up to where he is, moving toward his will and his ways, moving toward his character. That's what it is we're here for. We're here to make the long journey, a long obedience in the same direction. There's a little songbook hidden within the Psalms. It's 15 Psalms that are all lined up together, Psalms 120 through Psalm 134, and they are called the Songs of Ascent. They're the songs that were sung by the Hebrews as they marched up to the feast. We have a little map of Jerusalem because why not have a map? Maps help us. Um, you can see Jerusalem is way at the top. But, you know, for those of us who live in the Pacific Northwest among the Cascade Mountains, 2,500 feet is no big deal. But when you see the sea and then 2,500 feet, that's it. Jerusalem was the highest point in the region. And so the people would march up to worship God, to see him, to remember who they were, to remember how he set them free, to rehearse all his goodness in their life. And they would sing these songs as they went because they were wanting to become like him. And then they would go back down into their life with this renewed vision of who he was, and they would go back to their decisions and their family dysfunction and their heartache and their financial issues, and they took what they saw of God back to who they really were in the real world. And that's us. We are on a pilgrimage. We are moving toward God We are moving toward his way and his will. And the transformation that takes place in our lives is not just about the meeting with him, it's also about the journey. What happens along the way? 
God is in the journey too. So as they went, they sang the songs of ascent. 10 of them are written anonymously. Four of them are written by David and one of them that sits right in the middle of the songs of ascent. Psalm 127 is written by Solomon. And they explain to us, they help us understand what it means to be on a chase, what it means to be in pursuit of something that we can't quite get without finding something bigger than ourselves. So the psalm we're looking about today helps us understand some things. We understand how we come into this space on Sunday, into this community of faith, and I'm just gonna tell you again, I have no interest in us being tourists. I have no interest of standing up here and saying, there's the cross, here's what it means, there's the this, there's the that, here's your Bible, here's your stuff. I have an interest in us being a community of kings and priests who walk together toward the reality of who God is in our world and in our lives. And if we meet here on Sunday to see him, it's because then we take what we learn back into our IRS audits and our, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it again, the grocery line at Winco, because you know that's where I do all my best growing. Um, we're going to take it back to political campaigns and discouraging diagnoses and issues within our families and dysfunction with our job and the way we don't like our boss and the way we don't know what to do with the, the, all of the strife in the world around us. What we come here to do and see and understand and know is not for an hour on Sunday. It's so that we take it into our real lives as real followers of Jesus Christ who make a difference in the world around us. And that's what this psalm is going to blast out into our lives today if we'll listen. It's going to tell us who we can be. And so we don't do this much here, but we're going to do it today. And I know I just told you to sit down, but will you stand with me and let's honor the reading of the word. We are also on a pilgrimage if you don't believe you are walking through some treacherous ground, you are not paying attention. We are on a pilgrimage in America. We are on a pilgrimage towards something that looks like righteousness and holiness and Jesus showing up for us. So together I wanna to read this psalm. And as we read it, I wanna believe that God is gonna open our hearts supernaturally. We believe in spiritual formation. But more than that, I believe in spiritual transformation and the trans part comes from the supernatural. And so we're gonna ask the Lord to show up from this ancient text. And, and can you even imagine all the people who have said this before us? All of the people who knew Babylonian captivity, who knew captivity to the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans, all the people who thought King David was the answer to all their problems all the people who thought Solomon would save them. This is truth that we wanna understand and absorb. So together let's read, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth Bless you from Zion. Amen. You may sit down. I love this psalm. It starts with a word that I love so much in the Bible. It starts with the word behold. 
Behold is an awesome Bible word. It's a great word. You should always stop and pay attention to it because behold is always wanting to point you to something. It's like saying, look at that. If I said to you right now, look at that, you would look at that because somebody's telling you there's something you're about to not notice. And so this word is pointing us to something we would otherwise not see. And what it's pointing us to is all you servants of the Lord who by night stand in the house of the Lord. I am fascinated by this. There were priests who were assigned the graveyard shift. It was their job to keep 24-hour prayer going in the temple and they were assigned to the time when everybody else got to cozy up in their bed and sleep. They were assigned the 3 a.m. shift. They were assigned the time that probably nobody else wanted. This was a way for them to stand in the sacred silence and lift up praising hands and sacrifice to see God's kingdom come. They are worshiping before the sun comes up, before the birds wake up, before the world turns bright. They worship in the dark. And the psalmist says, look at them. Look at them. Aren't they beautiful? Look how God, it says at the end, God will surely bless them. I have occasionally booked the dreaded 5 a.m. flight out of PDX. It is the worst of all worst things. It is a no good, terrible, very bad day for me when I have to do the 5 a.m. out of PDX where you try to get the Uber at four and they're like, you just get the spinning circle and then it's like, are you kidding me? We're not picking you up. Um, it's like, it feels funny when you walk out in the middle of the night. It feels like, is this real is this a real universe? Is this real? It's just everything feels upside down like a hologram or something. And that's how night seasons are. Night seasons are weird. They're hard. They're quiet. They're lonely. Night seasons are, 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 are this very, at time I think of testing us, are, it's hard to know what to do with our hearts and hands when we're standing in the middle of the dark. When we're standing in a night season, we, we encounter more than just physical, literal darkness. We encounter a lot of metaphorical darkness. The Bible talks all about it. We encounter universal darkness. That's the cosmic battle, uh, powers and principalities. It's, uh, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and every high thing that exalts itself against us. Nope exalts itself against the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's this battle going on between forces and we're just kind of little people down here living under the darkness of it. First John 5:19 says, the whole world lies under the sway of evil. The whole world under the sway of darkness and it's not because of the public school system and it's not because of Hamas and it's not because of the Republicans or the Democrats or who's in office or who isn't. It's not because we don't have good enough ideas. It's because there is a cosmic battle. There is a battle going on and it is always at play. It is always a part of the picture and then there is situational darkness. There's darkness that comes from evil men evil people with evil plans who do evil things. There are pandemics. 
and disease, there's economic crisis, there's political unrest, there's wars and rumors of wars, situational darkness, and then there's personal darkness. Relational breakdowns and emotional unrest or unhealth, job dysfunction, physical diagnoses. Personal darkness can also be the result of universal darkness. In fact, I feel like right now, and I am so thankful for the way that B4 welcomes so many cultures and nations into our worship experience, where we translate into so many languages and pastor so many people groups from so many places. And so apologies that I'm going to talk for a second about a thing specific to America, but America, I believe, is under uh, uh, iron-clad darkness of emotional, mental unhealth right now, the likes of which we have never seen. Opioid addiction is at an all-time high. Suicide rates are at an all-time high. Mass shootings are at an all-time high. 565 mass shootings this year alone, and it's only October. There is a mental health cloud hanging over our country, and we need to be willing to stand in the night and lift up our hands and say, God, we don't know how to fix this problem, but we do know that we live as sons and daughters of the one who does, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of minds and souls and emotions, because we're facing a crisis other countries are not. So something's going on, and we need to be aware of it. So there are some things that come into our lives that create personal darkness that are the result of something more universal. And then there's night that lands in our life that is just sort of not day. Like, it's just not day. It's like when you change your 565th diaper and you're just sick of it. It's like when you have kids and it turns out they're not easy to like. It's like when you have a marriage that isn't easy to like. It's like when you punch in at a job for the 3,000th time and it doesn't fill your soul with joy or happiness or anything. There's night that just falls in our life. Things that just come because that's how the rhythm of light and darkness is. And what I want us to understand from this whole psalm is that there is no promise in the word of God that we will not encounter night. In fact, the promise in this scripture is that we will and we will be blessed because of it. I don't make the rules, I just report them. The promise is we will encounter night seasons and we will be blessed when we stand in them. When we stand instead of creating escape hatches, when we stand instead of deciding I've got to figure out a way to fix the night, I'm going to stand by night in the house of the Lord. Um, even when your arms are tired and your faith is dim, even when no one is watching or joining in, even when yours is the only voice you hear, still, Bless the Lord. To stand in the Hebrew is this beautiful collection of meanings. It's to stand, remain, endure, take one stand. Listen to this. Be in a standing attitude. Can you just have an attitude of standing? I don't, I don't know exactly how to explain to you what that is, but I know it when I run into it. I know it when I run into someone who is not going to budge who says, I have made my stand in the faithfulness of God and I'm not gonna be moving from this spot. I know a standing attitude when I see it and I know when I don't have it. 
to stand still, to stop moving or doing, to cease, to tarry, delay, remain, continue, abide, endure, persist, be steadfast. This is the blessing for those who are willing to stand by night in the house of the Lord. When things are dark, truly dark, it can be tempting to try to outrun it. Where can we go to find not dark spaces? Places of safety that are out of harm's way. But the psalmist tells us, stand. Stand in the light you've received from the one who is light. Stand in his goodness and beauty and strength. Stand in the identity of being loved by him. Don't abandon your post. Stand, pray, be a city set on a hill. Be a light that people can turn to for refuge. Dwell in the light and people will see your light. Plant your roots deeply in the presence of God and ask him to continually fill you with good things. Ask him to be your light in the dark world and to fill you with light for a dark world. We possess the light because we are his. We just own it because we're his. First uh, Thessalonians 5 says, so now you are children of the light, which means you no longer belong to the night. And this is great news. You don't belong to the night. You just are passing through it. But while passing through night, it can be tempting to ditch out. It can be really tempting to find a way to fix it, to find a way to frame it, to find a way to get out of it. Stand, stand in the light, even when it's night around you. We are his, we're passing through night. My job as a follower of Jesus is to allow his light to fill my heart and home, especially in a dark season. My job is not to legislate the light or criticize others for not being light or to point fingers at dark houses. Oh, look how dark that house is. How stupid of them to not be living in the light. We should make them live in the light. No, you are a city set on a hill. The only ask Jesus has for us is don't hide that. Just live out loud. Live who you are. Live in the light. Stand by night. Um, so how do we minister by night? By living in the light, by becoming what we already believe. It says, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. I love that he skips to the end here and says, you're gonna get blessed because of this. If you stand in the night, it's not just because he wants you to, it's not just obedience, it's also the Lord will bless you, but he also gives God's resume in that sentence. He says, by the way, this is the Lord who made heaven and earth. He can probably be trusted to bless you. Your dad is rich. He's probably gonna pay you what you're worth. You're okay, you're not gonna ever sacrifice more than you get back ultimately. The Lord is gonna bless you, but it says, lift up your hands. Come bless the Lord. You who stand in night, the very first step we find ourselves, when we find ourselves living in a world of thick darkness is bless the Lord. That word bless in the Hebrew is soaked in humility. It's just, it's immersed in it. If you look at the whole, all the definition around it, the, the, the word bless the Lord means you are God and I am not. You are God and my fear is not. You are God and my agenda is not. 
And so he says, lift up your hands. And this is kind of an interesting idea. It doesn't look like much. It doesn't seem like much. It doesn't seem like a big action. Like it could be like, I'm gonna fight against the darkness. Nope, that's not what he asked us to do. Lift up your hands. But it makes sense to me because I have 10 kids. And so when I come in in a night season and I wanna bring my request to God, you know what's in my hands? Kids, always, always. My husband and I have a thing that we say with 10 kids, there are always like three that are going through something sad and hard or scary. It's always somebody's first date, somebody's last date, somebody's birthday, somebody's job interview, somebody's heartache, somebody's something. And there's always switching, but there's always three. It's some kind of magic number. And so the problem is when my kids are going through something, my posture is always this, always. When I'm worried about money, my posture is pulling the purse strings, pulling tighter. When I go out to my car at night, My posture is never this. My posture is get out my flashlight and my taser and my keys because I'm gonna be on guard against the night. But God just says, what do you do when you stand in a night season? Just this, just this. You just lift up your full hands, lift up your agenda and your good ideas and say, I don't know about these, burn them up if they wanna burn. Take my agenda, take my plans, take my dreams. I only want what you want, nothing else. We sang it this morning, nothing else. I'm gonna lift up my hands and I'm gonna trust you with this. I'm not coming in here proposing to you what you ought to do to make my load seem lighter. I'm coming into your presence saying, all of this is yours. I would love to stand on this stage and promise you that if you lift your two full hands up to God, he will swoop down and pick up all the things that are heavy for you to carry. But I don't have that assurance. What I know for sure though, is if you stand in his presence and you lift your two full hands to him, he will pick up you. That I know. That I know from experience. He will pick you up. There are other options. You could do this all day long. But I recommend this. Because it works. Because he'll bless you. The psalm is not just pointing us to stand for ourselves and our problems and our night terrors. The priests ministered through the night for the whole nation They wept, they worshiped, they repented. They did it and they rejoiced for those who could not or would not because they were sleeping. (laughs) Two weeks ago at shelter, I came in. It was about four days after the October 7th attack on Israel. It felt to me that day like the world was caving in. Um, just, I'm gonna just be real with you, and I'm a pastor, I didn't wanna come. I just felt, I can't just, I can't just trudge through darkness and sing happy songs back to God and hope I feel better at the end of it. 
And I walked in feeling so, my, like my faith tank was empty. And um, when we were standing singing, Elisa led a song um, that says, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. And I listened to it and I just thought, I want to sing that. I want to sing it with faith. I don't know if I can sing it with authentic faith right now. And she stopped the song and she said, I know this is true. I have experienced it. I have sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. And maybe you don't feel that tonight. And maybe it's hard for you to sing that tonight. So I will sing it for you. I will stand for you. I will, I will worship for you. I will believe for you. And this is what that looked like. didn't give us any answers to the war in the Middle East. She honestly didn't fix anything at all. You know what she did? Just open hands. And she stood for me that night. She stood when I couldn't stand because we are called to stand for each other in the middle of the night. We are. Sometimes we're in the middle of a bright day season. Thank the Lord those come along every so often. And when we are, we are called to stand together. And I'm telling you, we are gonna be a community at B4 that stands with and for each other. We are. We are gonna have space for one another to show up as we truly are in our own weakness and in our own frailty and in our own doubt, knowing that somewhere in this big crowd of people, there's going to be someone who could stand with us. We just want to believe it. Sometimes in the middle of someone else's night, we have to lift up our hands to God for them. We minister in the graveyard shift. Jesus even asked his disciples, could you not just stand with me for one hour? We have to stand with each other. That's Maturity. We stand in the night here in our community. Though when we show up here, the lights are on and everyone looks fine and put together and many of us feel surrounded by darkness. Our worship and production teams get here literally in the dark hours of the morning, 6.15, to get ready to stand and sing for you and with you and over you to lead you to the God who will meet you in your darkness. 
Our kids team is here as the sun comes up preparing to hold babies and wrangle toddlers and teach children about the love of the God who won't let them go, who sees them in night and day and every season in between. Seth Barnes and his team showed up this morning to make pancakes. Just pancakes. Oh, <laughs> not the babies, not the worship, not production. <laughs> pancakes, <laughs> pancakes. <laughs> Just pancakes. But it's because his team understands that sometimes people can find light through a meal. And sometimes if they sit around a plate of pancakes, they might run into another pilgrim who's just making their way to the God who loves them. Our ushers and greeters stand at those doors and they welcome people, yes, but they are actually welcoming weary travelers. Those who have gone through God knows what this week. Those who are carrying sorrow or anxiety or deep pain that no one can see on the outside. Every Tuesday, our youth team spends the day preparing to welcome middle and high schoolers who are traveling through a dark, dark world. Have you been to a middle school recently? They spend time seeking God and filling up with his light so they can be ministers of light. And I watch them and it is exhausting and I am in awe of their determination to stand by night in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Jamie's team leads people in Alpha, a place where people can safely encounter a gentle, good and beautiful God. Bill's team leads people in Celebrate Recovery. Christina's team leads so many cultures to the love and light of a God who speaks every language. Also on Tuesdays, we gather in this room for prayer. And we believe that we're sowing seeds into the foundation of before church. We're standing in the night. The reason this psalm is so important to me is because I've told you a little of my story in the past, but eight years ago, my husband died of ALS. He had struggled with it for four years and it was the most exhausting time of my life. And people stood with me. People stood with me in the night season in ways that I couldn't even begin to articulate. Um, one way was one morning I got up and I was discouraged. We had just gotten the diagnosis and it was turning into April and bend and I walked out my door and people had literally showed up at my house during the night and filled my flower beds with flowers so that I could wake up and see spring. A woman who did all my Costco shopping for three years, the greater love hath no woman. <laughs> but... <clears throat> It was a time of having a minister in the night. My husband got up probably six or seven times a night for about two years because he would choke on his own saliva and we'd have to suction him out and we were worried about pressure sores. There's so many things, so many things that went along with having someone who was so profoundly disabled. And um, I was exhausted and somebody sent me this psalm. Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Worship team, you can come on back. I processed a lot of my thoughts on my blog during that time. And on a particularly dark and difficult day, 
I sat down with Psalm 134 and I wrote a poem out of it that has meant something to me ever since. Look at them. Do you see the ones who serve the Lord when everything is dark? They rock babies to the sound of the stars. They tend to broken hearts and bodies by the light of the moon. They answer their phones at 2 a.m. knowing the fact that it's ringing means their sleeping is probably done. They pray on their beds for the children they used to hold through the night but can no longer reach. Giving up comfort, their sacrifice becomes a sanctuary, the place where God shows up. Now, weary one, turn your affection toward the Lord. Lift your two full hands to him and he will bless you back. He will pick you up and hold you as you hold the pieces of your world together. The God who made heaven and earth sees your offering and he will surely bless you. The God who made heaven and earth sees your offering and he will surely bless you. The God who made heaven and earth sees your offering and he will surely bless you. As we stand by night, I don't know where you are today. I don't know if it's 3 a.m. I don't know if you're working the graveyard shift or it's high noon and you're feeling great about things. All I know is that as a community, as before church called to this point in the timeline and this point on the map in 2023, we are called to be a community that stands by night. We are not called to be a community that caves into light night or that shoots arrows at people who aren't living at night. We are called to be a community that stands together and stands for our world in the middle of a really dark time. We do not belong to the night, we are just passing through. And so as we sing this next song, I am gonna ask you to physically stand and let's sing together in whatever response you wanna give to Jesus this morning. Maybe you have questions, maybe you have doubts, bring them, bring them in your hands, throw them up at him, see what he does. It's worth it, it's worth it to say, I'm here, I'm here in the night and I'm not a tourist. I'm going towards something. I'm moving toward God and who he is and how that will look in my life. And then I'll close this up. Yeah. 
toward more of your way and more of your will and more of your character and more of your happiness and more of your peace. We keep moving toward you every step. We take this word in our hearts and we take it back into all the mess of our week and all the things we're worried about. And we ask God, would you show up in that and help us to respond in a way that causes us to be those who stand by night in the house of the Lord. We love and worship you in your name we pray, amen. If you would like to receive the benediction, would you put your hands out in front of you? I read this in a book Casey loaned me this week called Every Moment Holy, and I felt like it fits so well for us today. Meet us, O Christ, in the stillness of this new week. From the discords of yesterday, resurrect our peace. From the discouragements of yesterday, resurrect our hope. From the weariness of yesterday, resurrect our strength. From the doubts of yesterday, resurrect our faith. From the wounds of yesterday, resurrect our love. Let us enter this new week aware of our need and awake to your grace, O oh God. Amen. Thanks so much for being here. We love you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.